I think instead of an, a normal episode, we should just, just do do election takes for no next hour. Do like mystery science theater on this bowling thing. <laughs> just watch it all the way through. Commentary and on all the ads. Not include the video or whatever. Just it's going to be scintillating. Yeah, over radio. It's the perfect medium for this. Yeah, I mean, think about the editing it would take to like splice back and forth between us and the bowling audio. Oh my gosh, it's impossible. So we just can't do it. Howdy, it's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022, and this is episode 187 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Marvel Snap. <laughs> Been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. <laughs> we just talked about it for 20 minutes instead of recording the episode. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's not like the greatest game of all time, but it's been amusing for me it's very good for like what it is which is a two minutes at a time i have to say like the pace of it is definitely the best part although like occasionally you'll get someone who uses like all their time every turn and it's like the most horrific thing that <laughs> you've ever experienced that does sound like something you would hate because it's usually like five seconds a turn but like you get a surprising amount of time actually if you're thinking oh, yeah. or doing whatever so yeah calculating all doing all the calculations <laughs> in your head yes advanced calculus so that's what everybody wants to hear about. See Let's... superheroes, play superheroes. That's the strategy. Yeah. <laughs> no calculation. <laughs> yeah. History, I guess we could talk about. Yeah. Instead of Marvel Snap card games. So in 1887, the Scenic Railway opened between Tennessee and New York Ave on the boardwalk. Remind me, where's New York Ave? What's there now? Well, I was going to say the Irish pub, but that's on St. James. Yep. It's part of the Orange Loop. Is it? Is it the next one down past uh, St. James? St. James? I think so. Okay. Is that Ripley's Believe It or Not? That feels farther south. Wow, this is just the best content. All right. Just said how I don't want to edit, and now here we are. Here here we are. Yeah, it's the other side. It's Ripley's Believe It or Not. Wow, I was right. Wow. It's so impressive. I'm so I'm so proud of myself. I'm not Incredible. proud of myself of the use of time. No, you always just don't have to edit. You can force the people to listen, but yeah, you probably won't. Anyway, so the... Scenic railway. It looks sort of like in this link that you've posted, like a boring roller coaster. I think that's the best way to describe it. I would have ridden it. It's no polar coaster, but what is? I was reading about it. Apparently, this was like the precursor to real roller coasters, and it was not meant to be scary. It was meant to be scenic and interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would ride it. From Britannica.com, because, you know, we're going old school with Encyclopedia, <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, yeah. It says, in quotes, it was a rolling tour through elaborate artificial scenery, which is not what it looks like in the picture, by the way. No, no, it's just on the boardwalk. Vividly colored tableaus, biblical scenes, and flora illuminated by lights triggered by the approaching cars. This ride was the precursor of Space Mountain at Disneyland in Anaheim. Think about that. Disneyland would be nothing if not for Atlantic City. Now you know. Now I know. That is what the history segment is for. I would ride it. Looks it looks kind of fun. Yeah, apparently these were all over the place. Like there was one in England. This company built a bunch of them. And just look at how these people are dressed on this thing. A lot of uh, hats. You have to wear hats. And then mm -hmm. I, I, from Boardwalk Empire, I'm told the kids follow along and you know grab the hats and then give them back to people for tips. Right? Yeah. Lamarcus Thompson, the father of the gravity ride, 
made this <laughs> leisure coaster or whatever it was called. Indeed. Scenic, scenic railway. <laughs> but yeah, not much about it, actually. You'd think that this would be a bigger deal, but yeah. not a ton I, about it. Like I said, looks fun. There was already one in Coney Island before this. So 1987, we have already talked about the showboat opening, but something else happened at the showboat. I found a video on YouTube that I will link to, the 1987 Pro Bowlers Tour Showboat Atlantic City Open, which was actually the second Pro Bowlers Tour event at Atlantic City in 1987. I couldn't find a video of the first one. But if you want to go back and look at pure 1980s wide world of sports, announcer sounds like he's coming straight from the set of Prices Right, there's sax music everywhere, just all the graphics are incredible, go check this out. Especially, I recommend the uh, Miller Lite, or whatever. It was Miller High Life, right? Add it eight and a half minutes in. So good. My one complaint about the whole video, not enough Atlantic City scenery shots. Did, did you watch the whole thing, though? Can you guarantee that? I f- went through most of it. There was a very little bit at the start, and then after that, just nothing. Just the bowling. And my favorite part was the end. The guy who won was still bowling, and they were just like, we're going to horse racing or whatever, because... I don't know if it was even the last frame yet, but he had already, like, guaranteed his win. <laughs> so he's, like, mid-roll, and they just cut off, and they were like, see you next time. Amazing. It was good. What if he broke some record? Come on now. I'm guessing they would have stayed for that. It's probably also mega pre-recorded, but... I have many memories of uh, Wide World of Sports growing up. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. All the graphics and stuff, like, they've changed a lot, but, like, the feel is the same, I think. ABC Wide World of Sports, it mostly still looks like that. Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think so. Are you kidding me? I assumed it went away in like 1995. But no, I think anytime they sh- they are showing some sport on a weekend, they use the wide world of sports thing. Maybe oh. you know, maybe this was 20 years ago, and I'm just like, yeah, I was an adult 20 years ago, so it's, <laughs> nothing's changed since I've become an adult. Anyway, so you had some follow up thoughts on the trip, so I did. Um, so my main thought, like I was editing through the episode last time and I really enjoyed my time at Borgata, but it did pop into my head that it didn't really feel so much like we went to Atlantic City because we only stayed at Borgata other than going to Vagabond. And I think normally after a trip, I'm not immediately jonesing for more Atlantic City stuff. Is that true? It usually takes a little bit. <laughs> I think part of it is because I know that we've got to record and edit an episode, and I'm sort of like, oh boy, this is just, you know, another thing on my plate. I know. This is how I feel all the time. You just hate recording episodes? I just hate the whole podcast, pretty much. I know. Uh, It's amazing that we've gone this long. I mean, well, I'm the one that carries the podcast, obviously, so you just are along for the ride. Yeah. It's the only reason you're still doing it. Pretty much, like, just the lack of effort that I have to put in. (laughs) Indeed. But I was really missing the fact that we didn't go to... The boardwalk, we didn't go to random restaurants, which we've been really good about doing lately. Like, I was really thinking about, man, it would be great to go to, like, an Angelo's Fairmont Tavern or, you know, whatever. I had breakfast at, like, a taco house or something. That's pretty random. In the marketplace eatery. In the marketplace. You you cheater. Come on. You know, Orange Loop. So I was thinking about that and how I miss all that. But then at the same time, I did go ahead and book another weekend at Borgata. I booked my anniversary weekend because I have comps now. (laughs) So clearly I don't feel that way strongly enough to forego Borgata comps. I think actually the only other place I could have gotten comped was Harrah's anyway. So my options were Borgata and Harrah's, but... 
And so your wife did did approve of this. I know you said you were slightly concerned last time, maybe. Or at least we talked about it, because your wife strongly prefers staying on the boardwalk. She does. I mean, I think we would just drive over to the boardwalk and do mm. stuff like the outlets and stuff, and then go back and stay at the super nice Borgata in the mm-hmm. Borgata classic room. Yeah. Seems like a good plan to me. It's nice. You have to let me know how, how they compare when you don't go. This would be like the fourth time we've tried and failed. Fourth? Yeah, fourth in a row, I think. That's a lot. So that's that's my thought on that. I am excited to go and stay at Borgata again, which is funny because, as I said, yeah, it's good. I think it'll be my wife... third time staying at Borgata. Yeah, I think Andrea will like it. I think she'll like it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming she that been? there's not the staffing, she's been like we but went to a never show stayed. there, but yeah, we've never. I stayed think there. she'll like it a lot. I mean, it's like the most resort experience in Atlantic City by far. I think. I think she would really love the Water Club. Mm-hmm. When you're booked on Borgata, it just sh- shows you the logged out rate if you have a room booked Mm -hmm. so you can't check it and see if you can get a comp room (laughs) if you call them and say it's your anniversary weekend or whatever maybe they'll they'll put put me in the water club on the super dead weekend after i mean it's probably super dead it's january and atlantic city but it's one very nice thing about having my anniversary one week after new year's day Mm -hmm. is that it's like one of the most dead weekends in atlantic city and i can always get a comp which is great because most weekends I can't, so it's good. Actually, most weekends at Caesars now I can. Yep. So that's the trip follow-up. Um, well, actually, I had one other thought, which I was – I sent you an image of my game log, like my play log, which mm-hmm. was winning $150 on Heidi, the first thing I sat down on, and then just losing at everything else. Literally everything else you did. And so I was thinking about – you know, why did I only play machines for one thing? Why have I had these multiple trips of only playing machines? And I do wonder if there's something to having that early win and then thinking like slots are great. And then I just go and play a bunch of slots. That was my sort of initial thought. But you'd think that it would make me like less risk averse to have that money. And then I'd be like, let's take this to the craps table. You know, like the the crazy thing about what you have written here, it's that you you treat table games is the high variance option to compare to slot machines and i just that cannot possibly be true with craps yes maybe that it probably is but you know something like blackjack or pie gal is like going to be way lower variance you got to remember what i'm playing on the slot machine like in terms of making your money last longer slots will definitely your money will definitely last longer at Mm. 75 cents a press for sure like well there's there's just way less risk i mean certainly like the uh, I, median I, I think, like, i'd be curious to do to do like a risk of ruin whatever for a hundred dollars at blackjack or at twenty dollar pie gal poker or whatever versus like you know 75 cent spins at some slot machine yeah that I, would be interesting. i think i think you're wrong i mean there is something psychologically about you put 20 bucks in a slot machine and it seems mm-hmm. like you can actually do something with 20 bucks whereas if you sit sure, at a blackjack sure, table sure. that's even 15 dollars, you're buying in for 200 bucks yeah, I mean, you could buy in for a hundred. Yeah, maybe maybe for fifteen, that's a little. I mean, you could buy in for a hundred. It would be foolish. I've certainly bought in for for two hundred at a twenty five dollar table. Let's say I think it's okay. It's only eight bets. I mean, certainly like pie gal poker. I mean, yeah, pie gal poker. Less. I would absolutely buy in for two hundred for a twenty five dollar table. Yeah, and then lose it all in five minutes. <laughs> but sort of a similar thought, similar to that vein. Part of the reason I've been going so machine heavy is because I've been lowering my bankroll and this thought of like, well, I'm only putting 20 bucks into a machine. And certainly like video poker is probably like the lowest variance, right? Like you're probably 
the best off just putting 20 bucks in a, in a video poker machine versus just about anything else in the casino in terms of the amount of time that your money's going to last as long as it's not the royal hunt. The problem with that thinking is slots are like one of the highest house edge games in the casino. <laughs> so like if I'm thinking about it in terms of, oh, well, you know, I want to have a lower gambling budget, so I'm going to make my money last longer playing slots. I'm also like making it way less likely that I'm going to have a winning trip. So it does seem foolish to do to do it this way. If you do want to play craps, you know, you can like only play the pass line or only bet on the six and eight or something like that, too. And you should. Your money should still last pretty long, I think. Yeah. And we've done a couple of times we've done the combined buy in right. and I've, I've been totally fine with that. So, yeah, I think this trip, I don't know why I didn't just make it happen. I don't know. I was in such like machine mode. I was just so you're always in, in the when, zone of playing. When's the last time stuff. you played a table game? I feel like it's been a while. It's a good point. Next trip we go on, force me to play a table game, which I said this trip. You said this trip, yeah. And then I don't think you. Well, were. I specifically said force me to play tiles. I played tiles for a while, and you were like playing slot machines or something. That's true. It's gonna happen again. Next trip, I'm gonna be like, no, I just want to play video poker. Well, because it was like forty or whatever, and you're like, it's uh, yeah. too much. It is. I'll only play $5 craps. That's the only deal. Right. <laughs> uh, Wild Wild West, maybe. I don't know. Do they still even have a craps table? I, I don't know. So. We can we can talk more about that in a little bit. Yeah. I hear that there's another music festival in May. What's going on? There is. One music festival in May was a not enough. So we don't even know when this is going to be yet, I don't think. But the Bamboozle Festival has been announced for Atlantic City in May at Bader Field. It is a festival that used to be held at the Meadowlands. It was actually in Asbury Park the first few years when it started in 2003 and 2004. It moved to the Meadowlands. It had like a whole touring thing. It was a huge festival. It had like a touring festival thing where it went to multiple places and then it always ended at the Meadowlands, like at Giant Stadium. I think frequently in the parking lot of Giant Stadium. And so it has not happened since 2012. And so now 10 years later, I guess 11 years later, they're bringing it back for the 20th anniversary of the first show. And it's going to be at Bader Field, which seems kind of crazy. Like if it seems like a very similar type of thing to the adjacent festival, they actually posted on their Instagram. I don't know if you clicked that link, but one of their few early social media posts was a definition of the word adjacent, like the dictionary definition. And then the example sentence underneath it was... Bamboozle Festival's 20th anniversary celebration is happening at Baderfield in Atlantic City, adjacent to the beach. So, you know, a little bit of snark, I guess, toward the adjacent festival. I can tell you thought that was hilarious. It was very good. <laughs> they still haven't announced anything in terms of the artists. They tweeted that Bamboozle Festival's lineup has never made sense, and it never will. Just something to keep in mind over the next two weeks. So I'm guessing it's going to be very weird. I looked back at the last Bamboozle Festival. Weirdly, a lot of overlap between the artists at Bamboozle and the artists at Adjacent. And there's, you know, 2012 Bamboozle and the artists at 2023 Adjacent. Which is actually something not to go on too much of a tangent, but there's a YouTuber I watch who complains about this with music, that, like, all these festivals are just bands that are from, like, 2000, because that's all anyone will pay to see. So... In 2012, Skrillex, Incubus, Mac Miller, The Foo Fighters, DJ Pauly D, Bon Jovi. It's just a very weird out there lineup. But then also Blink-182, who is going to be at Adjacent, Jimmy World. I think there are a couple others that are also going to be at the Adjacent Festival. So I have no idea what to expect. I think it's going to be a lot of overlap of 
hip hop, rock, maybe even sort of these mainstream dance rock bands. Yeah, I mean, like weird. Skrillex is there. So yeah, Skrillex is like what uh, dubstep type stuff. Like yeah, e- electronic. Sure. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But I mean, 2012. These were like freaking headliners in 2012. These were big, big bands. So they got like big names. You know, presumably it will be another big event with big headliners unless it's some shadow of its former self and <laughs> you just want dj poly d you don't get enough of him at the, at the... Uh, pool after dark so <laughs> atlantic city needs more dj poly d yeah it's just gonna be the whole cast of uh jersey shore it's gonna be great I ne- never never saw it i know you guys used to watch it a lot in your apartment right? oh yeah that was a great show gotta be pure jersey gotta love it <laughs> way way before you even you know had the new jersey glinting in your eye I had to learn all about it. That was like my studies. <laughs> that was it. And that's when you're like, that's when you knew you had to spend the rest of your life there. Yeah. They make you take a New Jersey citizenship test when you move. And uh, one of the questions is, what's a Snooky? And if you don't get it right, you can't live here. Yeah. So. All right. So there have been a couple changes at Caesars. Uh, first, Nobu is now open in the former Laurel Lounge space. Nice space. Yeah. Nice view. It is a good view, kind of overlooking the uh, beautiful Rainforest Cafe, which is, as we know, the best view in Las in uh, well, Las Vegas, uh, Atlantic City. I wonder if it'll take the Diamond Celebration Dinner. Oh. Because that would be a good place to use it. Probably. Nobu, legendary sushi place. Never been. I've never been to the one. I know that our friend Chris had very, very high things to say about it, like very yes. high praise for the one in Vegas. So I'm assuming it'll be very good. Mm-hmm. It's open. If you've been, tell us. Let us know. So there's also been a post in the Everything AC Casinos Facebook group with a toto, to, photo of a totally gutted Coyote Kate slot parlor, which I know just breaks your heart. It does. No, That was where DM Lumberjack Beavers was. That was. That was really, when I pictured our early trips to Atlantic City, we spent so much time Coyote Kates. going between Caesars and Valleys. Like that was the home base. And so what I pictured really, honestly, was going down the escalator from Caesars to Coyote Kate Slot Parlor. Like, that is the image in my head of my first few trips to Atlantic City. And so now it's just gone. Like, it's completely gutted. So disappointing for sure, except the exciting news is uh, Scott Cronick of WOND and part owner of the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall posted in the replies that the company that does absinthe in Vegas, Spiegel World, is going to have a show in its own theater that is being built in this space. So that's what's going in the space, apparently. It should be done by spring, he says. And Roger Gross of Global Gaming Business replied to that, saying that they're going to use the facade of the old Warner Theater, which if you've ever walked by the Wild Wild West on the boardwalk and noticed the old Warner Theater, that is the actual old <laughs> Warner Theater facade, that is going to be an entrance to the theater. So very cool. Very funny that these super reputable sources are, you know, deep in the comments of this Everything AC Casinos group post. Uh, but still, it's just devastating to see that picture of, like, completely gutted, like, floor completely gone, no slot machines in there, plastic over everything. I can't remember the last time I actually did anything in there other than use the bathroom, which I have used that bathroom many, many, many times. Many times. In Coyote Gates. Uh, yeah. Guthrie's. Gap Tooth Gurdies. Gold Tooth Gurdies. Gold Tooth Gurdies. Yeah. Gold Tooth Gurdies. Where you can get like a prepackaged bagel. Yeah, or like a hot dog. Yeah, there was a hot dog stand. There used to, I remember when it was doing really well, you would come down that escalator and there'd be somebody selling like Miller Lights off a little yeah. stand. 
And that was that was great. The thing I remember like so much about Wild Wild West back then wasn't necessarily uh, Coyote Cates that was always more up your alley, but like in the main Wild Wild West room, like how many table games there were in there. Yeah, it curled like, back like, forever. It's it just kept going. It was like almost all the way to the Virginia City Buffet or whatever. Which was also one of the big top replies to this was bring back the Virginia City Buffet. <laughs> like people loved that shit. And I remember there were a couple of separate rooms. So there was, as you went back, there was like a huge video poker room back there, which I think, I have no idea what's back there now. I mean, for a little while, there was like the poker room there. And there was like a Kino lounge. Like I just, we spent so much time in that area. And now it's like, it doesn't even exist. It almost feels like it never existed. Like these things are just figments of our imagination that well, we're making the, up. The poker here. room's all the way in the back right now. Do you think that's still open? I guess that that's not there still. I think so. I don't believe it. It's like the poker room and then, you know, the sports book is like, you know, huge too. So I don't know. I think the poker room's open. I don't know why. But where's the poker? In Full of skepticism. Then? They don't have any. That's mm. my guess. No poker. I don't think that's true. They didn't have any before. They didn't have any before they had Wild Wild West. They didn't have any poker at the Caesars. I have played poker at the Caesars. Sir. Right. But I mean, for like years. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that, it was a long time ago. Was shut forever. The one that was yeah. right under the lobby. Right under the, it's like the elevators came out into it or whatever yep. from the uh, Forum Tower. Next to the Morton's Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. What I'm wondering, as someone who's walked through the Wild Wild West 1,000 times, how are they handling the connection from Caesars to Wild Wild West? Like, if that's going to be a theater, you know, normally you just walked right through the slot parlor, but, like, you're not going to walk right through the theater. I wonder they if they'll... can't build they'll, a walkway. Impossible. They'll probably still have the same walkway that exists now, because you never had to go through Coyote Cates. You could walk around the, the weird, like, narrow walkway in the outside. Oh, you're right. You are right. Yeah, where the cupcake you, place was. Yeah, you've never yes. had to walk through Coyote Cates. That's a good point. You're right. Okay, never mind. Scratch that from the record. All right. We have water dog updates. <laughs> the former space of the water dog the place that you personally closed with your negative coffee review. i did water dog has been replaced already it is now the casino cafe and grill most original name 10 out of 10 yeah <laughs> this is the best just can't get better than that shut it down they say it has a diner vibe i mean as if it's called the casino cafe and grill it has to have a diner vibe it looks exactly the same as the water dog you'll be unsurprised to know but when I think of a diner, I think, you know, a place that you can go and get a cheese steak and a French onion soup and pancakes at one in the morning. Yep. At least at 1130 at night. Come on now. The hours of the Casino Cafe and Grill, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. on weekdays, 8 a.m. to noon on weekends. What are those hours? Those aren't hours. 8 a.m. is too late for one thing. I, I don't know why it's open later on weekdays than weekends. <laughs> Just... I mean, like diners, some diners are legitimately open from something like 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. or whatever. That's like not totally abnormal. But like why on weekends does it close at noon? My guess is because there are other restaurants open on weekends that are not open on weekdays. I guess so. So like until 2 p.m. on weekdays, this will be the only thing in the casino. I love terrible casino cafes, though. I do. I don't want to go to like whatever they want to push me to. You you want this to be open at I dinner do. time. Yeah. Six a bistro. These are bizarre hours. It's weird. Four hours a day. Four hours on the weekend is, is very strange. It's not even, it's open 38 hours a week, right? Am I doing the bathroom? It's open six hours a day, Shit. five days a week, and then four hours a day, two days a week. It's open 38 hours a week. It is not even working full time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was, it's working enough that it would have health benefits. Okay. Right. It's technically full time. 
In the federal government, I think <laughs> yes. it's 37 and a half hours. It's technically full-time, so it would squeak in. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, it just blows my mind. If you've been to the Casino Cafe and Grill, and it's amazing, let yeah, us know. let us know. Let us know. If the coffee's better than Water Dog, already a step in the If you've direction. been to the Casino Cafe and Grill, and it's literally identical to the Water Dog, also let us know. That's more of my suspicion. What if it's literally identical to Six Bistro? Zero things have changed. It probably is. Like, do you think that restaurant has ever served anything different in its entire history? Water Dog tried to change it up with some barbecue and stuff, and mm. look where it got them. <laughs> Closed in a year. That's true, too. All right. So we've got some data, which I know you've all been waiting for. And they have got been a waiting, lo- a literally. A lot of hate mail that we chose to have a trip report instead of a data episode last last episode but yeah and teased it too which is the worst part <laughs> this data came out like almost a full month ago <laughs> and that's what everybody everybody wants to be talking about september yeah. data i mean the q3 data is like it's timeless q3 timeless data <laughs> so uh september it's only up like 1.3 percent year over year it looks like every casino is up except for Harris, Tropicana, and Resorts. Tropicana Resorts are down between three and four percent, and Harris down over fifteen percent. Not great. Not great. No, not not the best. I mean, I think Harris in general has just been abysmal this year. But uh, in terms of the big winners, uh, it's actually Bally's that's up thirteen percent. Uh, Hard Rock up six percent, and. Looks like Ocean and Nugget are, are around 5%. It's weird that it was only up 1.29%. Is there a difference in the number of weekend days? Nope. So everything exactly the same? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit surprising. Like, it doesn't quite follow along with the trend of what we've seen. Mm-hmm. No one's really bad except Tropicana is just miserable. Like, being down four and a quarter <laughs> million year over year is really, really bad. And, you know, if they were not down four and a half, four and a quarter million if they're even it would be you know i don't know two and a half or three percent up it would be much better but still not enough to get us to where we were what we were seeing in the summer months and when you say drop a can you of course mean harris i do mean harris yeah we're doing great scaling it i mean we had yeah we had a bunch of months where it was like plus seven plus eight so you know it seems to be tailing off a bit i don't know if that's just the seasonality of it but it's it's not as amazing as it's been it's a fairly disappointing month, but it is also one month. And uh, if you look at the Q3 data overall, things are a bit more promising. It's up closer to 5% in yep. Atlantic City. Uh, most of that is Borg and Ocean, who are up 20 and 16%, uh, respectively. And then Bally's and Hard Rock are up 6%, more or less. Go Bally's. Good job. All of the casinos being down some not very much, like Resorts, which is only down about 2%. Some of them down much more, like the aforementioned harris which is down 12 percent yeah it's bad harris not doing great yeah so so i mean the, the thing that stands out about the quarterly numbers is is of course just borgata slain and to a lesser extent maybe hard rock and ocean and then you know the three caesars casinos and golden nugget doing the opposite of slain being slain <laughs> <laughs> so i want to ask you about this because the article that wayne perry wrote for the associate press Talks about the revenue so far this year and frames it as that it, it's on pace to meet or exceed pre-pandemic levels. Mm-hmm. But it does mention how Borg and Hard Rock are carrying the load and the seven other casinos it's are- undeniably true. Yeah. Are still trailing their pre-pandemic levels. Like, I mean, I think you can 100% put- 100% true. 
you can put ocean in in that category too i think but yeah my question about that and we've talked about this a decent amount but is that necessarily a, a bad thing when you know we look at q3 and you've got actually have five of the nine casinos are down from q3 previous year like is that bad or is the overall being up more important than um, the individual casinos i mean i would say if whoever it is marty small i don't know if he really cares about how yep, individual casinos do but you know like whoever like some ruling person in atlantic city has their choice of course they would rather spread out the the wealth literally i guess a bit a bit more evenly between the casinos but I mean, it's not realistic to assume all the casinos are going to be the same either. So, I mean, this is always what's going to happen, and it's going to hopefully be what drives everything forward and, you know, makes the other casinos want to invest more and, and become nicer to try to compete with Borgata and Hard Rock and Ocean and hopefully become more competitive. But yeah, yeah, I mean, all things being equal, you don't want there to be very obvious winners and losers because that's how you get casinos that close. <laughs> right. Yeah, you obviously don't want casinos to close, but... You know, all things are not equal. So, right. like, Borg and, and Hard Rock, certainly Borg, is just a nicer casino than these other casinos. And, like, Caesars Entertainment has not really earned the revenue. And right. that's why you see, like, Caesars now now is investing, which is great. They, except they are. they've lagged. And now you see Caesars, Tropicana, and Harris being three of the bottom four. Golden Nugget is not really, you know, invested. And they no, no, are really focused not. on online. And, they, and they're also in there. Like, it, to me, it feels like a a Caesars and Golden Nugget problem more than a than an Atlantic City problem. And really, it seems to me sort of a situation of, like, the money is coming to Atlantic City. Like, people are mm -hmm. coming to Atlantic City. And we're seeing that also in the the data about, you know, room rates and occupancy rates and everything. But people are just voting with their wallets. Like, they're going to the places that are doing the stuff necessary to get them to come. And right now, that's not the Caesars properties or Golden Nugget. So... You know, yeah, I don't want any place to close, but I, I don't feel too bad for, I, I don't feel like there's some innate right for like every casino to no. be lifted above its previous levels. Yep. So I don't think it's like a bad thing to, to have some of them down and some of them up as long as the overall yeah. numbers are up. And, and I think you're exactly right with what you said that uh, I do think that Caesars is investing. To be specific, I think Caesars is investing in Caesars and Harrah's and not Tropicana. <laughs> I don't know exactly why that's happening, but, you know, they've lagged so, so long and put so little into the casinos for so long. It's just, you know, and there's always some sort of a lag time. So I do expect them to go up. I mean, like resorts and Golden Nugget, have they really been investing a lot? It feels like the answer is no to me. Yeah. Certainly not to the level of Borg and Hard Rock and Ocean. And even Bally's, like Bally's has done a ton. Ba Bally's has done a lot of stuff and, and they're one of the relatively by change big winners i mean by just revenue they're still the second smallest casino just only ahead of gold nugget which is just doing abysmal i think exist literally only because of their online thing i think <laughs> yeah so yeah and bally's was in such bad shape after the sale mm -hmm. that they they are feels like they're practically building up from scratch so like bally's right. being you know plus six percent you got to take into account how down they were <laughs> before you know the last couple of years but yeah, I don't, I think it's not bad necessarily. And, and like I am, you know, as much as I'm crapping all over Caesars for, for the lack of investment, they are doing the things to now, They're, hopefully they are we'll doing see it now. a year from now or two years from now. I mean, In Caesars I, and Harris. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like very excited about this Absinthe show. Like I loved Absinthe in Vegas. 
So I, I'm hoping that it's a huge draw. I feel like Atlantic City does not have enough of that sort of stuff where you can just go and say like, okay, I'm going and I know there's going to be this show there. You know, there's some stuff like Burlesque and Borgata Comedy Club that that is pretty regularly there. ACJokes.com. <laughs> but like there's not this sort of resident show at any of the casinos where you can just go and say, oh, yeah, you know, when I'm in AC, I, I want to really make sure I go to this thing. And I think adding an absinthe type show, you know, Vegas has all that, all has that. They have all the Cirque shows. They have this sort of like entertainment that's sort of attached in people's minds to Vegas. And AC doesn't have that. And I think it would be great if it did. And I hope it's a huge draw. Uh, so yeah, it's good. I mean, we've raved about the century in tower rooms. So mm-hmm. they have done some good sure. stuff. It's just yeah. going to take a little while to see that in the numbers. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about the data? I think that pretty much covers it no i think that covers everything that we had on the agenda all right well if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners you can do so at our facebook group facebook.com slash group slash do for a win find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for reach out to craig on twitter do for win or me at kyle askin and send craig questions to do for win at gmail.com how's our inbox oh i've got stuff that i need to reply to oh somebody asked about new year's eve and i just haven't i don't know anything about new year's eve i've never been did you know there Probably having the largest champagne cork <laughs> at popping wave, at, at the Wave at, Club at the <laughs> at the playground <laughs> at the playground. Yeah, uh, man, I haven't thought about that in years. <laughs> Think about how much time we spent talking about the playground, the playground, a lot, and its many iterations over the course of this show. And even before the show, like how much did we talk about the stupid pier before we even had a show? A, a, a lot. lot of time, a lot of thought has gone into it. And that's just like a property that has been a one one way street. Yeah, Caesar's owns it again. That's that needs to be Caesar's next in- investment. It's crazy that, like, surely they can make that successful, right? I mean, it's been a long time since anyone's done it, so I'm sure it's like low on the priority list. But I would love it. I mean, I love that area, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> so many good memories from. It's nice. It's freaking nice. Like, it's nice in there. I mean, especially back, <laughs> they, they had the water show, believe me, many, many times out watching the water show when I'd lost way too much money or whatever. I mean, that, that shut down like 10 years ago, but eh, maybe like eight years ago. Yeah, I don't think I ever even saw it. Yeah, it might have been. But I don't, but I think it's just that I never made it to the end of the pier. Before yeah, it was, at, it was at the very end. Yeah, I mean, I, we've talked so much about my nostalgia for my first few trips, but. I do remember going through the pier, like we used to eat in the pier all the time. Yep. And I do remember going through there and thinking, like, this feels very Vegasy. <laughs> like when it was a full shopping mall with like Apple Store, nice stores in there, the like watch store and everything, and restaurants at the end of it. It was nice, and then it just deteriorated. And, and the entire length of time that we've been doing the podcast, it's been deteriorating and deteriorating into now, where there's like two stores in there. So never forget shameful Tr- Trinity. Trinity, it was so good. They always had that hot sandwich option. It's good. Mm, so good. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back with another episode in a couple weeks. You know, I watched the first five minutes or whatever, and I thought they were saying, like, they're complaining about the lanes because it, like, literally just opened. Yeah, they hadn't settled yet.
five days before this or something. So I was saying that perhaps the bowling center did not open until 1987, but I don't know. But the casino opened in 1987. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, oh, so we talked. Okay. We've okay. already talked I about you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I this is our this second stuff. 1987 segment. Yep. And the second thing you're going to have to edit in this episode. Much to your chagrin. Indeed. Double 1987s. Double editing? Much to your chagrin? Yes. Now to my chagrin. <laughs> Uh, oh man.